0: This is uh the Joe Swanson propaganda podcast. Um I'm Joe Swanson and I uh the, the king fuck dude. That is the first time I've totally fucked it up enough to where I will start over. <laughs> like literally like holy shit, I got to take a drink of water.
1: I'm sure I would probably fuck it up every time. So. You
0: make you make me nervous, Clinton. <laughs> Hey, everybody, this is the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast. I'm Joe Swanson. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Kingpin can be found online at kingpin supply.com, on Instagram at kingpin tattoo supply. Uh, kingpin tattoo supply, and then on Twitter, they fucked it up a little bit and switched it up. It's uh, just simply Kingpin Supply. Um, also, I uh, want to shout out to Waterloo Tattoo Workstations. I use my Waterloo Tattoo Workstation every day. It's fabulous. I love it. Thank you to Donnie. Um, and Hustle Butter Deluxe. Thanks, Richie, for a, uh, the Hustle Butter. I love that shit. I had to use Vaseline uh, on a tattoo just yesterday, and I can't believe how red it got. <laughs> and I've, I've been used to using the Hustle Butter, and it's fucking awesome. Um, so, Thank you to those sponsors. I'm here today. My guest today is uh, someone I met in Colorado. Um, he is an apprentice of Russ Abbott's out of uh, Ink and Dagger Tattoo in Decatur um, near Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Clinton Kreider is my uh, guest today. What's up, man? What's going on? Man, I'm just uh, stoked to get through that fucking intro, you know? Yeah. God damn. I was just, uh, I don't know what I'll end up leaving in this uh this show but i usually have a little bit of weird shit in the beginning and that's the first time i've introed the show and fucked it up enough to where i had to like totally start over (laughs) i don't know i don't know what it is man every once it's that's pretty good though right fucking 50 something shows (laughs) i used to just roll with it and that was that was bad enough to where i wasn't gonna roll with it man so what have you been up to dude you've been you've been tattooing we met in colorado um which was cool uh you were out there with russ at the uh at the tattoo gathering show what have you been doing lately you've been tattooing quite a bit right
1: yeah a fair amount i mean i'm 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 doing walk-ins and stuff now and i've uh i've got people that uh i'm lucky enough that that appreciate my drawings enough to want to get those tattooed sometimes which i'm always i'm always stoked to do but uh i mean at this point i'm you know I'm i'm still i'm at the beginning of my uh my tattooing part of the shop. So I'm, I'm pretty much doing whatever walks in, man. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm happy to be able to put in, uh, you know, tattoos on people and, uh, I'm really up for whatever. Right.
0: <clears throat> yeah. You, uh, you kind of came, you told me your story, the, the way this came about and me asking Clinton to come on the podcast is he told me the story of how he got, um, how he obtained his ap- apprenticeship with Russ and came, came about that. Talk about that, dude. Cause that's, it's a cool fucking story. Um, just w- the way it all happened.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, so basically, uh, <clears throat> I got introduced to tattoos, really. One of my friends uh, in high school, his dad owned part of Psycho Tattoo 3 with Dino Cook. And uh, that's you know that's a really well-known tattoo shop here in Atlanta. And uh, I always saw his, his dad's tattoos. He's got a full sleeve by Dino. And I was always just like, you know, I never knew tattoos could look like that. You know, it's a full underwater sleeve. And uh, it just looks awesome, so I started hanging out around him, so I was, I was kind of being introduced to tattoos a lot of the time, and this was back in high school, and I, I was always attracted to it because uh, I had been drawing since, since an early age, and that, that aspect of it just really seemed really different and, and neat to me, so I kind of hung out around that, and uh, he started getting tattooed when we got out of high school when he was old enough, obviously, and uh, I got my first tattoo at the uh, Psycho Tattoo 3 Grand Opening. And then uh, I, I kind of – I didn't get tattooed for a while after that until uh, in college. I was, I was going for my Bachelor of Fine Arts in uh, oil painting, and uh, I started getting tattooed a, a little bit more. There was a guy who tattooed at a shop uh, that was in the same town where I lived, which was Ackworth, Georgia. And uh, I started hanging out there a lot. And even I wasn't even getting tattooed at the time. Um but I was just hanging out there because he was one of my buddies, and I, I was just fascinated by tattooing. So I hung out there all the time. Eventually, you know, I finally took the step to, to getting a sleeve by him. And um, he was tattooing me, and I always asked him about, you know, how to get into it and stuff like that because it really, really sparked an interest in me. And uh, eventually, when I was getting tattooed more and more by him, um, I convinced him to let me apprentice under him. And, um, we, he just moved to a new shop and, uh, it, it wasn't the best situation, you know, I, I won't go in, into too many details, but I knew he wanted to leave the shop and, uh, it was going to be hard for him to leave with an apprentice. <clears throat> and I had, I went home one night and I was looking at Tattoo Snob, the, uh, the website. I always checked their blog. And I saw that there was an announcement that Russ Abbott was looking for an apprentice. And I was like, Oh shit, you know, that, that would be awesome. And so I, uh, I went, you know, I had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to maybe apply for this apprenticeship and it might be kind of an easy way for him to get out of the shop that we were at, be able to go to another shop Mm -hmm. and not have to carry an apprentice along. Plus, you know, Russ Abbott was looking for an (laughs) apprentice. I thought that would be fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. I remember seeing that too.
1: Yeah. So, uh, this guy was really, really like a hot and cold. Like he, he had a bit of a temper. So I was, I was a little nervous bringing it up to him because I didn't want to be disrespectful. Um, but also, he was my friend. So it was a little bit easier, I guess. But I went into work one day and he was just, I mean, fucking pissed off. And he's like, dude, I almost got up here and like walked out earlier today. And I was like, really? And I was like, maybe we should. And he looked at me kind of funny like, you know, what are you talking about? I was like, finish your tattoo, and let's you know, let's go to lunch, and let's let's talk about it. And so we went to lunch, and uh, I just brought it up to him, and I was like, hey man, you know, I I just wanted to ask your opinion on this and see what you thought. You know, I'm totally cool with, with whatever you think, but uh, I saw that Russ Abbott was looking for an apprentice. You know, what what do you think about me applying for that? And that would give you the opportunity to to kind of leave and go where you want without having to, you know, have them allow an apprentice at the shop. And I had only been apprenticing with this guy for maybe like maybe like two months or something and it was pretty lax you know um and he was he was totally stoked about it he was like dude i wish i could (laughs) apprentice under somebody like that he's like if i could give it up all right now and and still go apprentice under him you know i would and he had been tattooing for like you know seven or eight years which isn't a long time but you know long enough that Mm -hmm. he he knew what he was doing he you know i still think he's he's pretty good tattoo artist for sure and uh so that was awesome. So I had in my mind I was I was gonna go I was gonna apply for this apprenticeship under Russ Abbott and just cross my fingers and hope that you know I, I got the opportunity to to present my work to him. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I went home that night. I I hadn't even sent an email. I hadn't talked to Russ ever before, <laughs> um, other than at a mandate. I actually went to a mandate, which is a big thing that Russ puts on. And um, I got home that night and I was making dinner. And uh, my phone rang, and it, it was a number that I didn't recognize. But I went ahead and I picked it up anyways, and I was like, "Hello," and it was the, the person on the other end was like, "Hey, this is Russ Abbott." And I was like, "I about shit my pants," you know. I was like, "What the fuck is you know? Why is Russ calling me? I've never spoken to him other than at a mandate." You know, how did he even get my phone number? Yeah. you know, I hadn't applied for this apprenticeship.
0: Did you even, did you think somebody was playing a joke on you? Like, did that cross your mind or like?
1: I mean, I, I really didn't even have enough time to to think about it. He went into, you know, I, I had applied to get tattooed by him, but his waiting list is, is kind of, it was backed up at the time. <clears throat> so it was probably like six months had gone by, and uh, I was like, oh, man, unfortunately, you know, I, I spent the money that I had set aside for that tattoo because I just didn't think I was ever going to be able to get it. <clears throat> and uh, I was like, but while I have you on the phone, are you still looking for an apprentice? And he was like, "Well, is that a, I'm not technically looking for an apprentice." He's like, "But I'm I'm open to the idea of having one." So, um, I told him my situation, and he really didn't want to take an apprentice from another artist, right? Uh, which I totally respect. But you know, I, I told him that the artist was wanting to leave the shop, and what if I had a letter of recommendation signed by the artist? You know, just basically doing what I could to that, just get him to look at my work.
0: Yeah, that's the part that tripped me out when I first heard you say that. That you would go like that's more of a I think that proves in my mind that they're more educated and tattooing's coming to a new level in its respectability. And it's and it's, you know, with regards to business, that's a sure. business thing to do. You know, that's a I'm going to get a letter of recommendation. That's something you do to get into a school or get into a, you know, a job or something like that. So that intrigued me when you said that.
1: Right. So, uh, you know, I basically went to Chris, which is the guy that I uh, was apprenticing under at the time, had him write a letter, sign it, and uh, and, and Russ Russ said, sure, I'll, I'll take a look at what you got, you know, if, if, if that all, you know, can come, come together. Mm-hmm. So, I went in, like, the next, th- that weekend, and I, you know, I went and bought, like, this really nice portfolio. I couldn't even afford the portfolio. I was hoping that I could, like, take it back afterwards, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I found out later you couldn't, but... <laughs> well you could okay hold on i'll get to that so i, I took in this portfolio I, I took out uh like all the the drawings that i had i took pictures of all my paintings basically whatever artwork i could show them um i wrote a letter why i wanted to be in the tattoo industry why i thought i did, you know wanted the apprenticeship why so did you um you know i just i really thought that apprenticing under Russ would be a, you know an amazing opportunity that i knew not many people would get because a lot of artists that are up to that level, don't take apprentices anymore. Um, so I knew it was, it was, you know, I had to go for it. You know, that, that that's really all that I saw. Um, <clears throat> so I, I took that in. I showed it to Russ that weekend, um, and he he basically told me to draw a sheet of flash and bring it back the next week, which I did. So i I mean, I was googling tattoo images and stuff. I didn't really know a whole lot about. You know, tattoo flash and stuff at the time because I was I was still very green. I mean, I still am. But
0: did he um, give you any any stipulations or just say, hey, why don't you just draw me a sheet of tattoo flash?
1: Um, he basically said just do an 11 by 14 sheet okay. and, uh, you know, fit, you know, whatever fits on the sheet and, and bring it back. So I did. It looked like shit. <laughs>
0: what did and, you draw? Like what what kind of shit did you do?
1: Man, I mean I, I did like a rose, an eagle, I mean all the stuff that I just saw like the like classic shit. The most frequently, you know, heart, I mean whatever. Mm-hmm. And um I took it back in and he basically, you know, ripped it apart, <laughs> told me what, what sucked about it. But he also he came back with, with how to make it better, which is one thing I I super appreciate about Russ is he's He's a great teacher. Not only does he know what's wrong, but he knows how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went back home, redrew it, brought it back the next week. Um, and then he, he invited me to stay for the, the rest of the day that day. So I did that. He also sent me home later that night with like 15 case studies. You know, like 40 year old man comes in, wants a tattoo to commemorate his mom's death, draw a tattoo for him. So I had to do like 15 of those, and he gave me like two weeks to do those. Does he have he?
0: And he has those pre pre done already, or he just kind of fly off the cuff and say, "Okay, I'm gonna just write them out for you." Or
1: he basically wrote them out and sent me an email <laughs> nice. um, and told me that I had two weeks to bring them back in. So I did that, and those were horrible too. I mean, I, I just found them the other day. And <laughs> at them, I was like, man, <laughs> they were so bad. I that's one thing that. It's crazy to see how much you grow in such a short short amount of time. You know, I've been I've been at the shop now for two years, and just seeing like what I did two years ago is just like it, it's almost it's hard to look at it. Yeah. Were but, you, um, were you
0: oil painting at the time? Also,
1: yeah, I was oil painting every day, um, like six hours a day, um, and I was doing a lot of life drawing and stuff. That that that's another thing is in college. That's one thing that made it so hard for me to to get into the the flash aspect because in college they basically train you not to use lines and anything. Hmm. Um, I was doing a lot of like painting from life and uh, even painting from reference, but I was painting realism and like uh, figurative paintings. I was doing these big like four or five foot uh, oil paintings on wood panels Hmm. of like figures and stuff floating in space. And so uh, I didn't know where to put the lines. You know, you could give me, give me a picture of a, a face and I could, I could draw it. You know, and make it look real, but I couldn't like illustrate it. Uh-huh. Make it look like an illustration. Something um, that
0: would would be able to be tattooed on skin. I mean, these days, you have those real painterly guys. Like I was just, uh, um, I'm, I think I just booked uh, Roman Abrego, who I met down in Huntington Beach while I was just down there recently, and he does that real paint. I mean, it looks like a like an oil painting, you know, on the skin. And there's a bunch of guys that do that shit super good, but I can right. yeah it's it's a completely different ball game, right you go from doing that kind of in that genre and then bam you're into flash and it's like these little you know yeah. pork chop things that you have to figure out
1: yeah it was very different um so I uh it, it took me a long time to to unlearn that I brought back those case studies Russ invited me to to work you know that Thursday again and then at the end of that day he was like well do you just want to make this like an every week thing and I was like yeah you know definitely so at that time I was working once a week. So that was probably for the first like four, five months, you know, mm-hmm. I was just working once a week and just kind of getting a feel for the shop, you know, making sure that it was, it was a good fit until I got invited to work more days. And, and, you know, eventually it became a, uh, an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's kind of how I got into the apprenticeship. Mm-hmm.
0: So How long did it, um, how long did it take you before you were, uh, from the time you started doing that and he put you on these tasks like how was it about a week or two weeks before he was like hey do you want to come in or i mean you had to that seems crazy man to me like you don't even have the apprenticeship yet you're just like hoping that this dude is gonna you know know, give it to you that shows your drive and it's
1: i think uh, i know russ did that on purpose you know he was Mm -hmm. basically trying to see if I would flake out or or see if I would leave because I know he's had people that come in there before and they would just kind of, you know, dip out after, you know, a month or two or couldn't get to work on time. You know, he he basically really wanted to test the situation to make sure it was going to be a good fit. And I was somebody that was committed and was going to be worth teaching, you know, the craft. Yeah.
0: A lot of times I think artists find that by, Just like you came across your first apprenticeship, which was getting tattooed by somebody, becoming friends with them or having been friends and getting tattooed. But it's like a lot of times you develop that relationship with the artist over the course of a sleeve or a bunch of tattoos, you know, over a handful of years. And eventually they go, oh, yeah, you know what? You have an interest in it. I can teach you it. It's a good fit because we're friends already. But, you know, definitely different in a situation where you're going into it where. You've only met the guy one one other time, you know, before he says, bring down some shit and let me see it. And now you're you guys are having to get a feel for each other as well.
1: Right. And for everybody else in the shop, too. Mm. You know, Um, you know, I introduced myself to everyone and I I try to make sure that. You know, I was I was going to get along with everyone just just to to make sure that I wasn't annoying the shit out of anyone. You know that I I basically didn't want to ruin this opportunity. Right. So I was doing everything I could to, to make the situation good. And uh, like one of the first times in the shop, um, Russ asked me. I, I was sitting back because I couldn't do much, you know. I, I couldn't watch him tattoo, you know. I could basically clean, and, and that was it. And you know, he sat me down. and We got a we got we have a couple skulls in the back, and he turned one. He was like, "Here, he's like, why don't you draw this today?" So I drew that, and at the end of the day, he was like, "That looks good." He was like, uh, "You know, I can see this stuff comes pretty easy to you, but um, you need to learn how to use lines and how to how to mm-hmm. illustrate and stuff like that." So that's some. From that point on, I, I really worked on it. I still love doing realism and stuff like that. I've, I've done a couple of tattoos, you know, that are that are black and gray realism. And uh, by no means am I am I great at it, but I I do I, I still like doing that type of stuff. But I also now I'm I'm drawing a lot more illustrative stuff, and um, I really enjoy doing that a lot.
0: What was the hardest part of about that beginning part of that of your apprenticeship?
1: Um. Well we had to do or I I had to do uh like 10 drawings every week which which is not a lot you know by by any means but knowing what to draw and then how to draw it correctly was pretty challenging man I mean I you know just from subject matter and and stuff like that I wasn't really sure what to draw and uh then again I wasn't drawing it the right way for a tattoo um But that was the whole point of it. You know, I I would bring them in every week and Russ would look at them and critique them. And again, you know, I just found one of my sketchbooks the other day when I, I just moved to, uh, to Atlanta from, uh, Lawrenceville. And, uh, when I was moving, I was packing up all my stuff and I found a couple old sketchbooks and I was kind of flipping through them and they were just so bad. What was the
0: worst thing that you have found or what's been your greatest improvement?
1: Um... Man, they were all bad. You know? uh, Tell,
0: describe one of them, like that. You I, just looked at it and you're just like, "Oh I my god!"
1: This feather that I drew, and I drew it while I was out of town. I was in, uh, I was in like North Carolina or something for for July Fourth, and uh, I brought my sketchbook and you know I was drawing every chance that I had just so I would be able to show Rust that while I was on vacation I was still doing you know doing shit. But uh, I drew this feather and it was just like so stiff and it didn't look like a feather and it had this fucking wonky ass banner and it was just like
0: what did the banner say
1: i think it said like free or you know something i love like it that, you know um but it was just horrible and you know you know i feel bad now like i couldn't even show anything like that to russ i was so embarrassed but uh well, hey
0: that yeah, everybody starts somewhere you know yeah, it's no, I mean, you know. doing those, doing those, getting those reps in on drawing. How many feathers have you drawn now? You know, and it's the same thing. Like, and I'm sure Russ would would say it, or even maybe has that as you get into your career, like a decade in, or 15 years in, or 20 years in, depending on the style of the shop that you're working at. Guy like working at at a, a walk in like a street shop, man. I mean, I cannot tell you how many feathers I do in a week, you know, how many infinity signs, how much lettering, you know, do you like lettering?
1: I appreciate lettering a lot. (laughs) Uh, I'm not the best at it, but I mean, I don't let that stop me from, from doing it. You know, Russ is, is really good at giving critiques. I mean, I can't say enough good things about the guy as far as being a incredible teacher. Um, and he always knows. Not only does he know how to do it, but he knows how to relate it to the person he's teaching it to. So it makes mm-hmm. it a little bit easier. Um, like I said, man, I, I I love lettering. I love the way it looks. I'm not the best at it, but I you know I draw it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I try to look at it in a way that it's it's not a letter, but it's like a, it's a drawing. So yeah, I try to make line. it as artistic as I can.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh... It's I took a Dave Gibson seminar for lettering way back in the day, like 98. Um, I just heard uh, if you haven't listened to um, Invisible Radio, Troy Denning's uh, new podcast
1: couple of them
0: today dude it's a super good podcast man i i I heard seth's the fairies on it so i have i need to i want to listen to that one
1: i just got through listening
0: to that one nice nice i heard it was pretty good but he was he was talking about the convention that i took that seminar with dave at at that was uh it was a dennis dwyer tattoo tour and uh i think he was talking about it in the the lori levin episode where she talked that was a cool one to listen to hear about new york adorned and how that you know, I didn't really know a lot of the history. I knew it's been around a long-ass time, but I it was yeah. cool to hear about how much of an impact it had on New York tattooing. Yeah. No.
1: So. I just took the uh, – at Paradise, actually, this year when I met you, I took the uh, BJ Betts lettering. How was that? Yeah, it was great, man. Uh, He's, you know, to be such a big, intimidating dude, he's super nice, man. Yeah. Super nice, and he's he's a great teacher as well. You know, the he, he prints a special – Book just for his his seminar, and it's got blank pages in it. So you basically are drawing with him during it. And uh, I learned a lot in that one, you know. And and when he gave away all his drawings at the end of the seminar, you know that he wow. was doing lettering and stuff. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. He's coming on the podcast too. Um, yep. Yeah, he was. We uh, had to switch a date uh, date around. He was supposed to, I think, already have been on, and it didn't work out. So I got him got him coming on in a few weeks here. Cool so. man. Yeah, I find like taking, like that stuff's so readily available nowadays for people. There's, you know, there's no reason where, and even just all the reference, you know, out there that's back when I started was a speedball, you know, like lettering book. And that's what we took everything out of. If you were going to draw it, like most of the time it was drawn just with a straight line, it was speedball letters. And that's what they got, you know, it was 40 bucks at the time or whatever it was, 50 bucks. And, but it's cool. What's the kind of shit you like tattooing the most?
1: Right now, man, I mean, uh, I draw a lot of lady heads, you know, and it's uh, it's weird because in college, it was pretty much women was the only thing that I painted too. And, and my teacher used to always ask me, you know, do you have a thing? Like, you know, why are you only painting women? I was like, you know, I don't want to look at naked dudes and paint them all day. <laughs> right,
0: women are good looking.
1: Um, so, uh, I mean, really, anything that, like animals ladies mm. you know any the stuff that russ does has is, is had a huge influence on me so yeah. you know i always try to try to learn as much as i can from from what he's tattooing at the time while while i'm watching him but uh yeah really lady heads is kind of mm-hmm. like a, a thing that i just because there's so many different ways to do them you know yeah and uh you, you can you can add wings to them or you know different outfits and shit like that Mm -hmm. and it just it it totally changes it up and i feel like people really uh they appreciate them a lot and they uh like to get them tattooed so and i like drawing them so
0: yeah you find any any part of the of that type of drawing lady heads that gives you a challenge
1: yeah all of it (laughs) i mean uh you know proportion and and stuff like that is is always a factor and it can be really frustrating at times but uh there's a lot of good reference out there and there's a lot of other tattooers that do it really well. So, you know, if I ever come into a, a point that I don't know, you know, how to, how they solved a certain problem or how to solve a certain problem, I'll, I'll start flipping through Instagram and, you know, see what I come across. And that's usually a good way to, to try to, you know, solve the issues that somebody else has already worked out that's better, better than me, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So you find that, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, Obviously, you're going to be influenced by looking at Instagram, but to go there specifically to kind of look at a way somebody has done something as opposed to, you know, some people would say, oh, hey, you know, you should go back to the, uh, you know, a figure drawing book and and figure those things out, those proportion issues yourself or whatever. But I think it's good to go and look at what other people are doing, because like you said, they've done it maybe Mm -hmm. a handful of different ways over the course of their career, and they have those ways locked down. You know,
1: I right. well, what I find unique about Instagram is that it's uh, it's a fresh look every day. If you're going back to the same book, you know, every day you're basically not mm-hmm. you're not coming up with anything different. You can only draw that that if you're looking at the same reference every single time. Um, it's hard to break away from that. Mm-hmm. So, kind of skimming through, I'll you know I'll look at it and then I'll I'll cut my phone off and I'll put it put it down and, and try to draw it and fix it. If I'm still having an issue, I'll I'll pick it up and look at it again. Um, but it it gives you a fresh look every day I mean that's how I get a a lot of ideas for what I want to draw you know Mm -hmm. I'll see something and I mean my phone has got thousands (sighs) of screen caps that I've grabbed from I mean not just Instagram you know just the internet Mm -hmm. in general I mean every time I see something that could possibly be a reference I I take a photo of it that's one thing that I learned from Russ like we went to uh the museum of Appalachia on the way to Detroit two years ago we drove up there and uh, we stopped and he, I mean, he had his phone out the entire time. Like, his battery died. He was taking so many pictures. Yeah. And I was like, why aren't you taking pictures? And I was like, I am, but he was just taking so many more. Um, that's something I really took to heart, and, you know, that's a lesson that I learned. And I, uh, I enjoy taking pictures of, of reference, you know, something that I – if I ever get writer's block, so to speak, or something like that, I'll just pull out my phone and I'll start flipping through it. And, you know, within a couple of minutes, I've got an idea for something that I want to I draw you know
0: yeah absolutely who's out who out there right now that's tattooing do you love looking at their work um not just for like you know what we talked about but just as somebody that's inspirational to you right now
1: i mean you know russ kelly everyone at the shop obviously Mm -hmm. but um dan malloy is a guy out of australia does these kind of like traditional portraits that are super duper smooth uh awesome tattooer um i think I suppose his name on Instagram, XAM, but I think it's, like, actually pronounced Chom or Cham. Yeah. Uh, that dude's insane. Like, he's definitely one of my biggest influences for the way he does his ladyheads. Mm, he's
0: badass, um, dude. And he makes, he, he engraves uh, and makes machines, too.
1: Right. Yeah, they're awesome, too. Yeah,
0: totally nice.
1: Jim Sylvia, awesome. Dan Pimble, he's awesome. Always, uh, I've been tattooed by him a couple times. Grime. Uh, there, there's a girl named Flo... Like, Nuttle or something like that. N u t t a l. She's she's pretty kick ass. Um, Dusty Neal, Always, all those people I really like. Looking at their stuff a lot.
0: Yeah, t- um, you like that dude, Tooth Taker, Isaiah Tooth Taker from Staring Without Caring. Have you seen that dude? No. Oh, dude, you gotta check this shit out, bro. What is that it? That guy, um, Tooth Taker, is just his name on Instagram. Is yeah. Isaiah Tooth Taker. He's a uh, musician, tattooer, artist. He's just a creative personality in general. I would love to have him on the show. I called his shop one time and got, got the counter person. I was a little bit drunk at the time and I think, and I was yelling at the, one of the dogs that was out back. We have this little spot out back of the shop and there's these two big German shepherds that sit out there and the one was freaking out at me a little bit. They're One's young and he hadn't been fixed yet and one one's an old crazy senile bitch yeah. and so the dog was yelling at me, and I was yelling back at the dog, and it wasn't it wasn't good. Um, I didn't present myself very well over the phone. So Isaiah yeah. Toothtaker, if you hear this, hit me up, dude. I want you on the podcast. I'm sorry I was drunk when I called your shop, but he, dude, thing. he does he does he does rad shit, man. It's really traditionally based, but it's like got this I don't know, man. He it's hard to describe. It's really bold, and um, and he's an incredible musician too. Like he 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 raps and. His shit is kind of trancy and it, it's cool, man. Good, good stuff. I like it. So he did a, I think Dusty Neal and him are, are friends. Cause Dusty did a interview um, with him and put it on. I don't know if I want to say it was shit, man. I can't remember what website it was on. It was on some blog. Okay. But if you look back at Dusty Neal's Instagram or Toothtaker's Instagram, you can find it and um, really intelligent dude. Really, really creative.
1: Awesome. definitely
0: definitely. what uh what else is happening man you still oil painting a lot or you have you focused more on other stuff
1: yeah man with with drawing like tattoos and just trying to get better at that it unfortunately has uh it's taken a bite out of my my time to oil paint you know like i said i just moved into this new house in atlanta which uh it's got a huge basement so i'm i'm in the process of turning that into a like a drawing studio oil painting studio right now i've got everything set up in my room but uh I've got an idea for some paintings that I want to do that are kind of tattoo related. Um, so i I'm trying to make time to do that. Um, so in, in the future, I, I hope to get back into it. I would like to at least paint, you know, once or twice a week, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some watercolor and stuff now, which has been, has been a challenge. I hated it in college even. Uh, but there, there's some guys Ray Dylan at the shop is, is pretty awesome with uh, watercolor and uh, it's always inspirational. We'll see him bring his paintings and stuff in and I mean he's he's crazy fast too. I mean he'll bust mm-hmm. out like a full sheet in like a night and then start on something else. It's yeah. it's just it's nuts. So I'm I'm trying to get my speed up with that, uh, along with everything else. And um you know, I like to do a little bit of everything, you know, of yeah. watercolor and oil paint. Are you
0: drawn digital or are you drawn on uh, sketchbooks? No,
1: I don't Russ does, man. Russ has been getting crazy. He's got this uh hmm tablets like a 24 inch monitor that you like can pull in your lap and then draw right on and it's insane to see like he's already gone through basically every drawing program that's out and figured out what he doesn't like about certain ones and do the man is like a machine it's, it's insane but he actually bought one for the shop and he has one at home so he he'll do stuff at his house and then he'll come in the shop and i try to watch him as much as i can work on that one because i would like to learn how to do it um it's just so much faster i mean but I mean, I still like the feel of, of pencil to paper. You know, it's just like reading a book versus, you know, reading one on an iP- iPad. You know, I, I like the way the paper smells. You
0: yeah. yeah. Are you reading any books right now?
1: <sighs> no. I mean, I'm a uh, way to work. I, I'll listen to, like, Game of Thrones or something like that yeah. on occasions because everybody at the shop listens to it, and I don't want to be left out in the conversation, and, uh other than that man i haven't been reading much really i I get home from work and i either draw or i pass out Mm -hmm. just depends on how late of a night it's been but i I really don't have much of a life it's yeah it's part of that apprentice life i guess (laughs) yeah
0: hey you know what there's uh there's only a certain amount of hours in the day it's hard to fit everything you want to do in them you know for sure so you like the the digital thing huh you think it's faster and
1: i think it's cool i mean one thing that i i thought was pretty awesome is russ was showing me uh Before we went to the Detroit convention this year and he was, he was doing all his tattoos before we had leave to go to the convention. And uh, just, you can do like these crazy color overlays, you know, like you can just basically pick blue and then like color it in. If you don't like blue, you can just like basically wipe it out real quick and, you know, put red in. Whereas if you're Mm -hmm. doing with a pencil, you got to like press and like change it. Then if you want to erase it, you got to pull an eraser out and wipe all that shit off. It's just so much cleaner and faster on, on the computer. That's one aspect of it I, I think is really cool. Yeah. And you, you basically can do your line drawing and the value study and the color study all together and then separate them in layers so you can just pull one off. You don't have to, like, do it all in one and then make a line drawing. It's just It's got some benefits to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, if you can get through the learning curve of it and the feel of it, I think it's it's definitely beneficial. A lot for the proportioning things and, you know – i had uh when I was down uh in Southern California, I got to play on one of the thirteen inch h d like the the Wacom's, but it's the right. small portable one, and it was cool I liked it i mean you know you I had a drawing of a mermaid I did in the face and and her hands kind of out in front of her, and the hand looked too big to me, you know, and so sure you know you just cut it out of there and you take it over by the face and you get the proportion right oh, and oh. throw it back on there and it's like Damn, like even if you used it just for those preliminary things, printed that out and did your you know final drawing on, on tracing paper. But <clears throat> it's uh, I think it's cool, man. Hodel, Matt Hodel says he loves it.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some useful tools. I mean, I was looking, Russ did one drawing the other day and uh, it had a, a frame around it. And there's a tool that you can click and it basically adds circles just as you drag it, and mm-hmm. they're all the same size. So if you ever like had to you know, trace out a hundred circles around like a huge frame. Yeah. And they basically just dragged the pin around it and it just repeats all the way around. That was, I mean, that alone was like, wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Those, the circle shit is, is difficult, man. Like you, you always have that, like you want to use the, st- the stencil cause so it gets nice and clean, but then you're right. like, oh shit, I got to enlarge it. And now it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think those aspects of doing some shit digital is like, you know, that's what, that's what speeds it all up. You know, yeah. it's the it's not having to go through the, the copy machine and enlarge this certain amount of, you know, seven percent. No shit. Now it need, it needs to be nine percent because, right. you know, all that bullshit is like thrown out the door and you have this clean um, and now portable because they make that the, the, the Wacom tablet that has um, like an Android operating system in it yeah. as well. So you can. I mean, you could roll down to your local coffee shop and jump on that thing on Wi-Fi. You know, take images from the internet, upload pictures, do whatever you wanted, and it's it's right there, convenient. So, yeah, man. Using rotary or coils?
1: Um, I stick with coils as much as I can. You know, I, I do use rotaries for shading sometimes. Um, I just I, I've tried lining with a rotary just so I could kind of see what what I was, like, trying to, I don't, I don't know, basically what I, was, what I was missing lining with a coil, and uh, I hated it. It was just an absolute nightmare, man. I, I, I pretty much vowed that I would never try to line with <laughs> a, a rotary ever again.
0: What machines, um, what coil machines are you using?
1: Um, I use the Mickey Sharps uh, for, like, my small groupings. I use a uh, Carl Hedgepath for my larger groupings um, or Chris Quiggin. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I use a rotary, I usually will use a, a Neotat. Um, I, I'm lucky enough to, to work with Russ, who has this, like, crazy collection of <laughs> machines that he doesn't use anymore. Um, so, my, my first tattoo machine was that Mickey Sharps that he gave me for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I use that every single day. And I can't say enough good things about that machine. It runs consistent. I've never had an issue with it. it it's super smooth. It's, it's it's an amazing machine. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I have bought several machines and I've liked some, I haven't liked some, um, but, uh, you know, I I do like rotaries for shading. Um, when I do black and gray, I use a, uh, a Tim Hendricks black and gray shader. And that thing is just, I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. I I couldn't, I couldn't imagine any machine running any, any better for black and gray for the way that I do it, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. All that figure drawing and, and, uh, help with the with the realism shit now i mean all the the rendering that you did in college
1: yeah i mean you know every day i was basically was learning like a small lessons at a time from drawing real life and then having having teachers come over and say well this doesn't look right because of this maybe just try this Mm -hmm. that's translating pretty well to my my black and gray realism stuff like i said i haven't done a bunch of it i've done a couple Uh, i've posted know maybe one or two of them on on instagram and uh my first one was you know the uh monster mm-hmm. that i posted a while back I, I was pretty happy with that one um you know one thing i definitely learned was to uh to go a little darker yeah because the heel out is gonna is definitely gonna come lighter mm-hmm. than, than what you tattooed it um so i've had to go back into you know a couple of them and increase the uh the contrast in them
0: pump it up but, a little um, bit yeah yeah you can't be afraid of black for sure
1: right yeah that's, that's definitely a big lesson for
0: <laughs> sure i I heard uh Brandon Bond say it that he uh he goes every tattoo you do after it's done, you should go back in and see where you can put in more black yeah <laughs> you know
1: well, yeah. you no know, uh, uh, another thing that I've learned from from Russ and just working at the shop in general, one thing that Russ is really good about is he does a value study before every tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so that basically shows you, you know, where you need to put your black and, and how much of it you need to use. So maybe you can prevent that second session, you know, if you do it the first time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the workload is crazy when I hear that kind of stuff that, you know, um, guys like Russ are doing every tattoo that they're doing, you know, they're, they're doing these studies to make sure that, you know, it's going to come out how they want it and it's going to. Yep you know, come out the best that it can. And, um, it's, it's amazing. I, I realize, you know, that's why they have to keep up with the times and use these digital, I think use these digital tools, you know, and sure, it, I, I don't and
1: think. Anytime that I have an appointment, uh, if, if, if it's something that I have scheduled, like beforehand, I always do a color study, you know, I do a value study and, and a color study and it's something that's really helped a lot as mm-hmm. far as, the confidence factor of, of what i'm doing you know i don't have to mm, sit there and kind of think about what colors i'm going to use because i've already done it mm-hmm. uh beforehand i mean if you if leonardo da vinci or michelangelo or any of those guys were alive today they'd be using the same tools you know they, mm-hmm. they basically were using the tools they had at their disposal at the time you're creating
0: so, uh, creating new tools to use so it was easier
1: yeah exactly i mean uh back in college uh, a lot of people would like wince if somebody would pull out a projector and they wouldn't draw like straight on the canvas, but it's like, man, do you want to spend, you know, five hours drawing this, you know, transferring this to to canvas Mm -hmm. and it still may not be right or you want to transfer it. And then it it might be, it's going to be a lot closer, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to take 10 minutes. Right. It's basically, it's it's a tool, you know, I mean, of course you don't want to, there's a value of, or there's a level of distortion with any type of tool that you use. As far as transferring goes, but mm-hmm. you know, learning how to how to work with that and change it was something that I, I definitely learned in college. But it allowed me to produce a lot faster and a lot more. And even I mean, if you take Sean Barber's seminar, who's an amazing oil painter, um, you know he teaches you know how he does his transfer process, and you know I don't think anybody can say anything bad about that guy's paintings. <laughs> no, so.
0: he's a badass, man, for sure. What happened to that portfolio you tried to return?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, so I, I took that portfolio in. And, I mean, it was probably, like, 70 or 80 bucks, you know, but, I mean, that was a lot. Basically, I was an apprentice. I didn't have any money. I was in college, and, uh, you know, I really wanted to make a good impression, so I bought this nice, like, thick leather, like, portfolio, and I I took it in, and uh, I showed it to Russ, and he looked through it, and he was like, all right. He's like, uh, and I think there was, like, a five-day return policy on any type of portfolios. He's like, you mind if I hang on to this for a bit? And, I mean, what what was I going to say? You know, I said no. Yeah, man, that's cool. And then I think I got it back, like, seven months later, like, when I was cleaning or something. Yeah. I've got it, I mean, I've got it now, but...
0: Do you, uh, do you like looking back at your old stuff, or does it, I mean, you say, you know, you don't like how it looks, but do you like, uh, revisiting that shit?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see the progression that I've, you know, I've, I've gained and, like, what I've learned, and, uh, I like looking back at it sometimes, you know, I still wince at it from time to time, but, um, it's cool to see how much I've grown, and, you know, that gives me kind of a new level of confidence, mm-hmm. you know, how much I've grown in, you know, a year and a half, two years, you know, it, it makes me think, you know, well, you know, four years, five years, 15 years, you know, what's my stuff going to look like, mm-hmm. and that was something that I learned in college, too, like, when I first started painting, uh, I sucked really bad, and, uh, I mean, I just, I would throw away all those paintings now. I haven't, you know, I've still got them stored away, but... To see, like, when you do something every day, uh, the level of growth is increased dramatically. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's something that's really important. Is you always hear it, you know, artists always, you know, would say, like, I'm lucky enough to work in a shop where a lot of guest artists come through, and you know, I always ask every single one of them, you know, you know, what's what's your one, you know, tip that you would give to somebody that's just starting out, and uh, they always say, draw as much as you can because you have more time now to do it than you ever will so and that's something that it's really clicked i mean teresa sharp was one who who really instilled that in me i mean she's a machine i mean I'll, i just we just came back from the uh, hell city tattoo convention and i watched her draw an entire torso on in the middle of the day she had a, a, a cancellation and uh or a guy just just no didn't show up and she found another guy who wanted to come get tattooed by her, and she drew this in, entire torso on and tattooed it. And it was, I mean, it was crazy to see somebody just pull out, you know, three different color Sharpies and do <laughs> this pretty kick ass torso piece, just all drawn on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I envy that for sure, and I aspire to be someone who can do that one day.
0: Yeah, absolutely, wow. man. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's cool to watch those kind of those lessons unfold before you in, in watching somebody do like that. And have the confidence to sit there and know that they can do it to the highest level because you're also under a microscope. That you know, Tricia Sharp is going to be having people sat in her booth and look at her, watch her tattoo. Yeah. So sort of at a convention, you know, it's not like it's a no name person just you know can hide and oh if they flub this up a little bit, you know, right. it's it's yeah. no big deal. You know, yeah. that happens. But to have the confidence and for her to do that That's thats amazing That shows the quality Of artist she is
1: Yeah for sure For
0: sure Who's uh, been the last Guest artist That came through The shop that you We
1: got uh, LT Woods Is at the shop right now it's yeah. Like Definitely one of my Favorite people to, to hang out with That guy Is just like He's full of stories And like if he, The way you hear These stories Is you have to come up With like a trigger word Like say something That'll It'll like spark A memory in his head And then he'll yeah. like Go off into this Like crazy tangent About some crazy shit That happened You know 10 years ago And Super entertaining guy. Great tattoo artist. I uh, just love having that guy around. Wow. And uh, before him, I'm trying to think, we really have like maybe like one or two a month. We, we try to stay stacked up as much as we can. Um, Brian Gekel was just there recently. Um